0: and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Living life
1: for Christ, she's a happy girl.
0: In our current series, we are walking through the Psalms, focusing not only on what they say, but also how they are an expression of worship. We're noting how the Psalms encourage us to praise God for who He is and what He has done. We point out the greatness of God and recognize His faithfulness to us in times of trouble. In other words, we praise God, learn of Him, and celebrate His goodness. Thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, as Kim and Erica have a conversation as we walk through the scriptures, focusing today on Psalms, chapter 51.
1: Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. I am Kim Miller, alongside Erica Close. Hello, everyone. And we're excited that you have decided to spend the next few moments with us, as we just discuss Psalms chapter 51. I'm going to read the first half of these verses, and Erica will read the last. Psalms 51 has 19 verses in it, and it goes like this. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy life and kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow."
0: Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering.
1: Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. I love this passage of Scripture because I think if we are to be honest with ourselves, we need to employ First 1 John 1, 1.9 more often than we do, mm-hmm. which says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In verse 1, the psalmist David is giving us a picture of who he's pleading to, of who he is coming to and asking for this forgiveness, of who he's f- confessing, confessing his sins to. And he describes him as one who would give mercy according to his loving kindness and according to the tender mercies that he would blot out his transgression. So he's saying, Lord, according to who you are mm-hmm. and how amazing you are, then dispense this loving kindness and this mercy on me. He comes fully aware of the difference between the righteousness of whom he's pleading to and his own righteousness. And then he begins to to make his case. He begins to ask him to wash him thoroughly from his iniquity and to cleanse him from his sin. He is right there at that moment acknowledging that it's God who can take care of him it's god who can cleanse him it's god who can blot out his sin and he's asking him to do this and he's claiming when we get in verse 3
0: that the sin is his right like he's saying this is my sin i get it like he's he's honest He's very honest. He said, This is, you know, I acknowledge my my transgressions. My sin is ever before thee. And then, like you say in verse four, against
1: thee and thee only have I transgressed. And this is how he starts his prayer with this confession that he's made, that he needs, he has this desire to find the pardon that only God can give him to be cleansed. And so he is acknowledging his sin. And he is convicted of his sin. He says in verse four, "Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest." He's saying, "Look, you you have every right to judge me," and this is something that I think we need to just pause for a moment and realize: he is the only one who has the authority and the right to judge others. Because he alone is worthy, and he alone is sinless and spotless. So as we, and we see this in Matthew, as we begin to point our fingers to others, there's other fingers of our own pointing back at us. And he talks about, you know, how can you talk about the moat that is in your you know, fellow man's eyes when you've got a beam in yours. And so we need to do what the psalmist David is doing. He's coming in and he's taking care of business, his own business and his own sins.
0: And I think in verse five, he starts to say that, you know, I think he's saying, you know, sin has been around for, you know, since Adam and Eve, you know, sin is something that is, that is common to man. But then when he gets to verse six, he says, but that is, not, Lord, what you want, right? You want truth in our in, inward parts. He, he,
1: God wants his truth to be deep within us. And he wants the hidden parts of us to know the wisdom that God is going to give him. Mm-hmm. And the Bible, if you see, Psalmist David is a very interesting person. He knows God. In fact, the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart. The Holy Spirit did not dwell in him, but it would come upon him. But he said, thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. So in his inward parts, he has put the love of God, the the word of God, the truth of God in it, that he would be able to walk as God would have him to walk. And he's asking for God to give him wisdom. And we know, because we have the book of James, that God gives wisdom freely to those who ask for it. And we as Christians need to follow the example that Psalmist David is giving us here. He's acknowledging who God is in verse 1. He is confessing his sin, and he is claiming his transgression, and he's explaining that, Lord, you're the only one who can help me and and cleanse me, and you're the only one that can really judge me because I know where I have gone astray, I should have your light in me and I should be walking in your wisdom. And he says in verse 7, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. He is contrite. He is contrite, and he understands that his,
0: his joy, right, his 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 mood, his his person of who he is, is not going to be joyful and to be happy when he's in a state of sin because you know, he feels that. the
1: conviction right
0: and he, he knows that the lord he has to get the lord to clean that up in
1: him till
0: he can have true peace
1: because and true he's joy. not going to be happy until he's in right standing with the lord and he's not going to be in right standing with the lord as long as he has this sin in his life and he's asking him lord being in your presence and having a relationship with you has broken my heart because I've broken fellowship with you. And he says, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Don't remember them anymore. Don't be looking at them, Lord, I am sorry. Wash them white as clean. And only he can do that. And then we get to these great
0: set of verses. I love this set of verses, right? Because then he's, he's laid out all of his sin, He's laid out that the God, that God is the only one who can take care of his sin. He's owned his sin. He's confessed his sin. He's explained what the sin does, you know, deep in his heart, and that he needs to be cleaned from deep within his heart. And then he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He wants a total clean out, right? A total transformation overhaul. An overhaul. I love that. And then he says, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Like you said, he now is in a place when he's cleaned out, when he is forgiven that he can be in right
1: relationship. He's asking here for relationship. Right. And he's not wanting him to any more hide his face from him because the sins have been washed away, and they've been forgiven. Now he wants him to look squarely upon him. Right, don't cast me away. You know, don't cast him away. To have that, And then he says that he is to restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. There is condemnation when there is no forgiveness. Mm. And the Bible says there's now no more condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And he says those that the Lord has set free is free indeed. And we need to live in that freedom. But when we choose to step out in the world and allow sins to get in and on our lives, then what happens is we live in a state of conviction because we know right. And to him that knows to do good and doeth not, to him it is sin. And we know the things that we're supposed to do, so there's this condemning spirit that comes on us. But he said, create in me a new heart. Wash away my sins. Don't cast me away. Let me be in your presence. And he's right there saying, restore unto me the joy of my salvation and let me live in the freedom of your presence. Because where there is Jesus, there is no devil.
0: Exactly.
1: And then he says, and I will share it. Right? He says,
0: create this change in me and I will share it. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee.
1: People see a transformation, They notice change in people's lives. They see it when you've gone from darkness to light. And your light will cast a shadow upon them because that light is going to expel some darkness. It's going to expose some sin in somebody else's life. And you don't have to say a word because lest you forget early on, he says that he is the judge, that that only God can do this judge in verse 4. So our light should shine into the darkness of others, exposing their sin and darkness. It doesn't need to be our words or condemnation. It's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus that is in us because he has created this new being inside of us. And he says that he will teach others. He is going to share what God has done for them. And we need to be that same kind of Christian. We need to share the love of God, share the mercy, go back to that first verse, that loving kindness and mercy that he has put upon us where he has blotted out our transgressions. That is something to shout about. That's something to tell others about. That's something to be joyous about and victorious. No wonder when we are created a new heart, he restores the joy of our salvation.
0: And he in this chapter says that, you know, after he teaches transgressors his ways, he says, you my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Like, he is going to tell others. He is going to praise God. He's going to praise God in front of others so that they see it. And then I think he talks about sin again, right? He gets back to what the Lord really wants in terms of how we are to live.
1: And it's interesting to me that in that verse 14 that you were talking about, he says, oh, God, he says, oh, God, thou God of my salvation. Mm -hmm. He knows where his salvation comes, and he understands that. And he's saying, deliver me from the blood guiltiness. Don't let the, the guiltiness of sin be upon me. And that's that blotting out, making us whiter than snow, that allows us to live in the freedom of the spirit of God. And we don't feel the condemnation because he has taken that from us.
0: And when we get into verse 16, it says, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. You know, in this time that David is writing the in the Old Testament, the Israelites were still in this practice where in order to atone for their sins. They had to provide a sacrifice. And I love this because he's saying here, Lord, you don't desire sacrifice, right? The sacrifice had to be done as an atonement for sin, but God didn't want it. God wanted obedience, right? God wanted them to do the right thing. He didn't want there to have to
1: be a sacrifice. And that's what we see right here because these are all things that they could do, though. See, David was trying to let you know, you can't cleanse yourself. Mm-hmm. It's about God. You can't cleanse yourself because what God wants is a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. That's what God's going to notice. Because a, one who has a contrite heart and a
0: broken spirit is not going to be sinning and is not going to need to go and and atone for the sins, right? Because it's our contrite heart, the change in our
1: heart that changes our behavior. And he calls that a sacrifice. And when you think about that, which I've given this some thought, the sacrifice involved there is that I cannot atone for my own sin. I cannot pay for it. I can't give something up for it, you know, to, in exchange for it. I can only acknowledge it and feel the grief and sadness that comes from knowing that I have sinned, like he said over here in the beginning, sinned against God in verse 4. He, you have to acknowledge it, and that's that's what God sees. And when we acknowledge our sins, and we truly repent with this broken heart, that's when First John one nine becomes so important to us because we confess, like He says here, our sins, and God is faithful to just loving kindness and His tender mercy toward us, and He will forgive us of our sins. And he asked him in verse 18, he says, Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness. The sacrifice of righteousness is what God imputes in us. And as you were talking about, he finishes off with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thy altar. But what he tells us in this passage to me is you can do all the rituals you want. You can be as pharisaical as you want to be. You can be in church every day. You can quote from Genesis to Revelations. You can know all the Ten Commandments. You can do this and you can do that. But if you don't have a heart that is truly repentive, if you don't have a heart that loves the Lord so much that when you realize and understand that you have sinned, that you don't feel this broken heart and this contrite spirit, then you don't truly love him. You haven't placed your faith in him. You have not allowed him to be your Lord and master. But when you have done that, when you have acknowledged your sins, acknowledged that only Jesus can take those sins away and wash them white as snow, when you've allowed him to lead you and guide you, and when you understand that when you sin, you are sinning against a holy, loving God, and that your broken heart is just the manifestation of how bad you feel because you understand you have sinned against God. When you've done that, then his righteousness is imputed in you, and then You can live the Christian life and do the things the Bible says and put on the cloth of righteousness and live out those very principles that once you were speaking about and once you were bragging about, but now you're simply living them. And you are now expected to live the Christian life because he will enable you to do so. That's the difference between sacrifices before righteousness and sacrifices after righteousness. I like that. Well, Erica, we've come to the end of our time in Psalm 51, and we hope that you have heard something that has inspired you and motivated you to want to dig deeper into this, understanding the importance of a life that is lived in the center of God's will, understanding that when we understand who God is and see his loving kindness and his goodness and his mercy and his grace, that when we live a life that is contrary to what he is asking us in his word and and what he's telling us through prayer and, and study, that we should have a broken heart. And when we come to him with a broken heart, He will wash away our sins, and we can live in the freedom of his Spirit. And then that imputed righteousness is going to cause us, like James said, to want to work, and we're going to want to teach and tell others all about him. Psalms 51 is an amazing short synopsis of what every Christian's life should look like. It's the steps to righteousness and holy living And it is the example of how we should see God high and lifted up. It is our prayer that you know him in that way. And that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that you are growing deeper in that relationship and closer to him. We would love to hear from you. You can reach us through our website or through our app. We'd love to hear what God is doing in your life. But until we come together again, may God bless you richly. And remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you.
0: Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the Gospel Group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved.
1: to have Hey, girl.